and welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. I am, as you may be aware, a person residing in the UK by the name of Danielle. And with me, as the formula for our podcast is now clearly established, over in the USA is my longtime close associate and human being, Melanie. Melanie, say hello. Hello. How are you, Melanie? I'm all right. I'm tired, but good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. We're going to jump straight in this week. Oh, I was going to mention, we both sort of coincidentally started referring to the podcast as ZFB, which is so cool. So we're going (laughs) to, we should start like, you know, championing, calling this, this podcast like ZFB. Hashtag ZFB. Hashtag ZFB, bitches. And I don't know if any of the listeners have noticed that we've referred to you guys as little undead fishes. We're also trying to make that a thing. (laughs) Desperately. Please make this thing work. (laughs) So please refer to yourselves as little undead fishes. (laughs) Refer to us. You're like our gaga monsters, you know, you're undead fishes. Yeah, you're our undead fishes. You're you're the little um, dead fishes in our fishbowl. Now, no, that's clearly definitely us, but <laughs> we can add more fishes to the bowl. I don't know. No, we won't. It'll get no. busy. It's too, too many. Too, too, two is almost too many. <laughs> <laughs> two is already crowded. <laughs> All right. So shall we start with some updates? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my update was quite simple, basically, in reference to our last episode where we discussed um, me and my witchiness. Uh you know, there was a lot more to it. There was a whole lot more I, I wish I'd gotten into and been able to, to talk about. Um, so if you have questions, hit me up on our, our social medias, which I will uh, list off at the end of the episode. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I'd, I love answering questions. I mean, if you don't know something and it's coming from a good place, I'm I'm here to answer them. Thanks, Melanie. Yeah. Um, my update is just that um, we are going to do our next episode on the origins of Halloween. Woo! So, yeah, thank you for everyone who voted. We had quite a few votes, and pretty much most people said that they would like to hear about the origins of Halloween. So that is what we'll be doing next week. So we won't be doing a, a random topic picker at the end of the episode today. Yeah. And that's pretty much it, really. Um... Next is The Purge. Do you want to go first? Uh, you go first, because I don't really have one yet. I have to think about my life. Let's see what, what your your purge triggers in me. Okay. Um, my, well, my purge is um, literally um, what I'm going to talk about today in this episode is negative enough. And since I have only just finished researching and putting it together... I can use this opportunity to breathe it out before I have to go over it over again. Yeah. Um, I even suggest we do a breath at the end of my bit to release the negative energy. I will no doubt attract. <laughs> so I'm not going to purge anything additional because I think that the, um, the, 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 the example that I go into, the case study, if you will, that I bring to the table is fucked up enough. I don't need to moan yeah. about anything else. Yeah. So yeah, this this breath is really gonna prepare me for for what I'm about to dive into. So yeah. 
that's me um is there anything you want to get off your chest with this breath as well um you know I'm I'm going through a week right now uh so I don't want to get too personal um let's just say mental health is a motherfucker and if you don't take care of yourself uh you can't expect everyone else to do it for you so I'm I'm in a rough spot. Yesterday I had a good old-fashioned anxiety attack while in full sad clown makeup, which was really quite appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole day my, my mom was over and she was just like, are you okay, honey? I'm like, yeah, I'm just in sad clown makeup. Until all of a sudden I was sobbing. I'm all, oh, <laughs> I'm not okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, you know when you're just so broke financially that you're just fucking angry? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm just kind of, if, if I'm not a full-on rage monster, then I'm like a depressed smurf. So, that's 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 where I'm at. I got more personal than I meant to. Sorry about that. It's my life right now. But I'm oh. okay. <laughs> lavatory, lavatory, no one will know what that means. I'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Let let them wonder why why we say such words. Okay, yeah. Okay. The mysterious thing. Yeah, hit bath. Douche. 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 All right. I could use a good breath. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. All right. I felt good. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think I'm ready. As am I. Okay. I shall start. I'm going to go first this week, listeners. Uh- <laughs> Do you want me to define it? Oh, shit. Yeah. Go okay. for it. Melanie, can you please tell us? what our topic is this week and provide us some definitions so that we are more prepared for the things to come. (laughs) Our topic this week is Satanism. I don't know why I went like full rocker with it, but Satanism. What is Satanism? According to Merriam-Webster, it is one, an innate wickedness or two, Obsession with or affinity for evil, specifically worship of Satan marked by the travesty of Christian rites. This is both inaccurate and kind of a shitty definition. I checked all the definitions and they were all pretty much the same. Uh, But let's get a little bit more clear here. There are two kinds of Satanism in the literal sense of, of the religions that are currently in practice. I'll get more into them later. Um... And the most popular form of Satanism is the Levian Satanism, such as the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple. Um, and then you also have theistic Satanists who believe in Satan as a deity to be worshipped. And like I said, I'll, I'll get into them. Um, I've got some stuff to say, but I want to hear what you got, my love. Okay, so um, you have to find Satanism. Um, but the topic that I was researching was satanic cults. So we both kind of went down a little different pathway. I'm excited. So they, they're fine. They work together. But 
my um, my example doesn't so much go into Satanism itself. Uh, Melanie will cover that. Mine goes into the sort of idea of satanic cults and where that the idea came from. Um, and so I just kind of want to put satanic cults into a cultural historical context mm-hmm. um, and then talk about a really, really fucked up case from the 80s. OK, so mostly it's a reflection on the possible reasons why this shit is still going on in the 21st century. OK, mm-hmm. so just an aside before I begin, all sources will be made available to you at some point, I promise, somehow. In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of any of these, just get in touch uh, via any social media or email or whatever. Um, and I'll give you the, the sources for my uh, my bit. Anyway, first of all, I'm actually going to be quoting and paraphrasing a book review by a Jesuit academic that I came across. Uh, but it does a really good job of outlining some really great points. By the way, he didn't like the book. (laughs) He says, Satan plays a crucial role in the long history of Christianity prior to the 18th century. We cannot imagine the Christian Middle Ages without the constant battle against Satan's temptations and the great deceiver. Using his male and female minions, the witches, that terrorized early modern Christianity to such a degree that more than 30,000 innocent people were executed for witchcraft. Satan, by the way, let's just dwell on that. 30,000 innocent people were were executed for witchcraft. Just a little bit there. Anyway, Satan was also a metaphor for things gone bad. And accusations of Satanism were used as a means to get rid of political and economic enemies. At this point, we're looking at over 1,800 years of European combat against Satan. Yeah. Oh, Christians must be exhausted. Take a break. Mm-hmm. By the early 19th century, theologians, try that again, theologians, theologians, theologians. I think it's theologians. Theologians. I may be wrong. Theologians is much better than what I said. Theologians, scholars, philosophers, cranks, Radical sectarians, psychopaths, lunatics, magicians, charlatans, and Jesuits have discussed Satan ad nauseum and questioned the sincerity of the belief in Satan and the sincerity of the accusations against satanic worshippers. Mm-hmm. Occultism became popular in major European cities and with it often Adoption and adaptation of previous anti-satanic hysterical fantasies now actually being practiced by spiritualist spiritualists of Satan and by pseudoscientists interested in hidden powers, including some very strange and peculiar behaviors and beliefs, which, you know, I'll get into in just a moment. At times, anti-Catholics cultivated satanic beliefs and cults. So basically, if you were anti-church, you would create a satanic belief system to yeah, sort of yeah. 
go against it. At other times, Catholics imagined and even invented cults that they could then accuse for all forms of evil. It was not always easy in the 19th century to draw the line between followers of Satan, anti-Satanic fanatics whose obsessions bordered on admiration and artistic imagination. And it was also during the 19th century that both Satanism and Catholic anti-Satanism became boring. The same stories, be they celebratory or accusatory, reported bizarre sexual encounters time and time again. So it's during this time we start getting that like Satanists are sodomizers and all that. Yeah. And it's pretty much brings us into the 20th and 21st centuries these boring and predictable stories that have now become kind of knee-jerk reactions, um, a way to demonise literally anyone who is not Christian and create a very tangible group of people to blame for whatever they have perceived as a wrong or just makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So my next part I'm going to go into um, is the sort of case study, the example that I'm going to give you. And it's... Uh, I use an, 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 a few sources for this. Like I said, get a hold of me if you want them. I'm not going to keep naming which ones I'm bouncing from to the other. It would just be boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> in my, so my example is an American one. And it's an American one from the 1980s. So the 1980s witnessed a growing concern that organized satanic cults were committing atrocities all over the United States. This fear was reinforced by several allegations of child abuse. For example, the McMartin preschool trial. Um, and that's what I'm going to get into. And it is a particularly enraging and incredibly bizarre example of satanic panic actually affecting people's lives and infecting law, as a matter of fact. So in this case, um, it was basically a California preschool that was run by a family and it was investigated and charged with several acts of child sexual abuse, supposedly related to a satanic cult. The investigations and trial lasted over six years from 1983 to 1990 and resulted in no convictions and cost over $15 million. It would like it will fucking kick you in the ass it's so stupid anyway uh, i'll get back to it but first some more historical context (laughs) (laughs) the founding of the church of satan which you're going to talk about in 1966 and other satanist identifying groups may have given some credence to the reports of such cults yet research reveals few if any links between public fears and actual satanic practice the growth of satanic groups also happens to coincide with the rise of fundamentalist christianity which saw the moral majority as a prominent force in american society So as I will demonstrate when I tell you about this case, the combined efforts of the religious right, psychotherapists, law enforcement and the media's uncritical coverage of spurious stories all contributed to the credibility and promotion of cultural anxieties. That's a great quote. Satanic panic sucks, man. It really did. So now I'm going to go into the case, but trigger alert, guys, uh, child abuse, sexual language and gross incompetence coming up. 
1983, Judy Johnson, mother of one of the McMartin Preschool's pupils, reported to the police that her son had been sodomized by her estranged husband and by McMartin teacher Ray Bucky. Judy's belief that her son had been abused apparently began when her son had painful bowel movements. As well as alleging Ray abused her son, Judy made several more bizarre accusations, including that people at the daycare had sexual encounters with animals, that Peggy, Ray's mother and an administrator at the school, drilled a child under the arms, and that Ray flew in the air. Uh, I'm shaking my head, people can't hear that, but I'm... Anyway... (laughs) Ray Bucky was questioned, but was not prosecuted at this time due to a lack of evidence. So what did the police do? To get some evidence, the police sent a highly fucking suggestive and inflammatory letter to about 200 parents of students at the McMartin School, stating that their children might have been abused and asking the parents to question their children. So, Melanie, if your child goes to a preschool and you receive a letter, I'm not going to quote the letter, but the letter is available on Wikipedia if you want to have a look at it. But basically it's saying that, oh, one of the teachers at the school, your children and child tens, uh, has been accused of child abuse. Could you could you just ask your kid if they've been sexually molested, please? Yeah. Okay. So they're doing this all based on Judy's word. So the only person at this point that's saying anything against Ray is Judy, who was, by the way, diagnosed with and hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, good. Yeah. This information was not known by the defense at the time of the trials, even though she had apparently disclosed it to the police at the time of her complaint. More on that later. Okay. Um, By the way, a little bit more on Judy. In 1986, three years after she made her accusations, she was found dead in her home from complications of chronic alcoholism. Oh, boy. So before the preliminary hearing had concluded and before the trial started, she'd already died. Now, this this is sad. When anyone dies tragically like that, I have to admit I do feel sorry for them. I can't help it. I just feel sympathy for people. But it does add to that doubt in your mind that she's a credible witness oh yeah i mean and, and again mental health man that that in itself is sad yeah um but also why was anyone taking her seriously yeah everything at this point hinged on her allegations everything up until this point so three years in and yeah now that is until now i'm gonna make you really angry sorry love it bring it Eventually, about 400 children were interviewed in relation to the allegations against the McMartin's preschool staff, including Ray and his mother and grandmother. So they were accusing all the staff. Thanks to those fucking letters and the subsequent publicity. And the interviews were conducted by the Children's Institute International, a Los Angeles-based abuse therapy clinic run by one Key McFarlane. Now... Let's talk about Key, shall we? Yeah. Now, Key believed that the children had suffered had suffered from se- child sexual abuse accommodation syndrome and would deny sexual abuse without special techniques designed to encourage disclosure. Mm. So basically that they had forgotten what happened to them as a defense mechanism and that they, they would say... To... Sorry? And that they needed to be reminded. And they needed to be reminded using very special techniques. 
techniques which she pioneered and were very cutting edge. And she would conduct these techniques in her capacity as a professional psychotherapist and children's therapist with years of experience and peer reviewed theoretical methodology and above board practices. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, you'd be wrong. She had absolutely no qualifications whatsoever. Oh, Jesus. She did have a bachelor's degree in fine arts and a master's in social work, which is a little bit better. But the claim that she was a psychotherapist was self-prescribed. Oh, boy. She had absolutely no qualifications to indicate she had any special knowledge or even a basic understanding on what the fuck she was doing. She was making it up. (sighs) So either no one thought they needed to check these types of things or more likely they didn't want to check because her testimony supported the prosecution. Yeah. They could just turn a blind eye, basically plead ignorant. She said she knew what she was doing and we had no reason to doubt her kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, and also she went on to testify in front of the United States Congress that she believed that there was an organized nationwide conspiracy of individuals and, quote, orthodox satanic groups sexually abusing children, although she never presented evidence of who any of the individuals were nor proof of any orthodox satanic groups. Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, when a clinical psychologist by the name of Michael P. Maloney, um, he's um, later reviewed the videotapes of the children's interviews, he describes them as improper, coercive, directive, problematic, and adult-directed in a way that forced the children to follow a rigid script. Yeah. He concluded that many of the kids' statements in the interviews were generated by the examiner and that transcripts and recordings of the interviews contained far more speech from adults than the children and demonstrated that despite the highly coercive interviewing techniques used, initially the children were resistant to interviewers' attempts to elicit disclosures. Yeah. Those recordings of the interviews demonstrated how children could be coerced to giving vivid to giving vivid and dramatic testimonies without having ever experienced abuse. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. <sighs> now regardless of all this, the trial went ahead. Um all of that came out after the fact. Yeah. So at the time and I will outline that in a little bit as well. At the time, everyone was definitely on the side of the prosecution. By the spring of 1984, it was claimed that 360 children had been abused. But only 41 of the original 360 children ultimately testified in the grand jury and pre-trial hearings. And fewer mm-hmm. than a dozen testified in the actual trial. And this was all based on key fake therapists' techniques. Yeah. Right, so now the allegations against these poor people. It was alleged that, in addition to having been sexually abused, that they saw... that. So the children alleged that, in addition to having been sexually abused, that they saw witches fly, they travelled in a hot air balloon, and that they were taken through tunnels... Um, Also, when shown a series of photographs, one child identified actor Chuck Norris as one of the abusers. 
some of the abuse was alleged to have occurred in secret tunnels beneath the school, although several excavations turned up no evidence of any secret chambers or tunnels, just previous incarnations of the building. There were claims of orgies at car washes and airports, and of children being flushed down toilets to secret rooms where they would be abused, then cleaned up and presented back to their parents. Right, so speaking of the parents, remember Jody? Judy? Yeah. Sorry? Now, this is the mom who made the initial allegations. Her bizarre and impossible statements about Ray Bucky, including that he could fly, was still used in the trial. Jesus. The prosecution claimed that Judy's mental illness was caused by the events of the trial, but we now know that she had admitted to them when she was she had admitted to that she was mentally ill beforehand yeah so evidence of her mental illness was actually withheld from the defense for three years and when eventually provided was in the form of sanitized reports that excluded her statements at the order of the prosecution in fact one of the original prosecutors glenn stevens left the case in protest and stated that other prosecutors had withheld evidence from the defense, including the information that Judy's son, Judy's son, did not actually identify Ray Bucky in a series of photographs. So the son that started it all off couldn't even identify Ray in a photograph. Yeah. Um, Glenn also accused Robert Philibosian, Philibosian, the deputy district attorney on the case of lying and withholding evidence from the court and from defense lawyers in order to keep the bookies in jail and prevent access to exonerating evidence. Oh yeah, by the way, keep in mind during the trial, there are people in jail. Yeah. Yeah. So by the way, there, there's actually two trials conducted. So for the pedantic, um, there was like a, um, a, um, a gap there was uh, a first one that lasted from july 13 1987 this is four years after the initial complaint so from july uh, 1987 to, to january 18 1990 so that's three years and then the second one was from may 1990 to july 1990 but that was to do with um i, I don't i'm not going to get into it because it's it's so a lot. It's just it's just legal details. Um, but I'm going to shift the narrative a little bit anyway now now to talk about the press. Now, in 1988, which is one year after the trial begin, but um, but five years after the complaint, mm-hmm. the New York Times reported that the case had attract had quote attracted national attention when the authorities speculated that hundreds of children might have been molested and subjected to satanic rituals end quote you don't say (laughs) and that it created an environment where it quote teetered on the brink of mistrial the media coverage was generally skewed towards an uncritical acceptance of the prosecution's viewpoint yeah even David Shaw of the Los Angeles Times criticized his own newspaper and wrote a series of articles discussing the flawed and skewed coverage presented by the LA Times on the trial. In fact, it was only after the trial that coverage of the flaws in the evidence and events presented by the witness and the prosecution were even discussed. Now, 
<clears throat> I'm going to just summarize what happens next because we simply don't have time and I don't have the energy to go too much into it. But simply put, it was a bullshit trial with bullshit testimonies and evidence mm. acted out by liars based on layers upon layers of lies. Everyone accused was exonerated and eventually all charges dismissed, kinda, because they just kind of eventually gave up trying to get convictions. And yeah. so some of those accusations are still in place. And I will say this now, innocent people's lives were ruined here. The accused especially, but also the supposed abused, because they sure as fuck will have lasting, lasting psychological damage here. Yeah. Anyway, in an article in Los Angeles Magazine, journalist Mary A. Fisher said the case was simply invented and transmogrified into a national corps célèbre, which is a controversial issue that attracts a great deal of public attention by the misplaced zeal of six people. A seriously mentally ill mother who died of alcoholism, the detective who investigated the complaints, the social worker who interviewed the children, the district attorney who was in a losing battle for re-election, the television reporter who first reported the case, and the prosecutor. So basically it was a complete shambles and it was a reflection of the wider climate of the US at the time. The case and the satanic panic in general is contextualized more broadly in the 1980s, like profound public awareness of child abuse and in the growth of a new religious movement. Mm -hmm. People invented supernatural antagonists to rationalize a genuinely disturbing issue, child abuse, in order to literally demonize non-Christian members of society. So yeah, Satanists are pedos, basically, or rather, pedos are Satanists. It's weird, yeah. but so are the people who would rather create and blame a group of people who they have no evidence exists than face the reality that there is no way to know who might be capable of abusing children. Which, you know, is a kind of understandable fear, but a completely irrational response nonetheless, in my opinion. Okay, to finish us up, in her book about the McMartin trial, author Margaret Talbot summarizes the McMartin case as follows. When you once believed something that now strikes you as absurd, even unhinged, it can be almost impossible to summon that feeling of credulity, which is naivety, again. Maybe that is why it is easier for most of us to forget rather than try to explain the satanic abuse scare that gripped this country in the early 1980s. The myth that devil worshippers had set up shop in our daycare centres where their clever adepts were raping and sodomizing children, practising ritual sacrifice, shredding their clothes, drinking blood and eating feces, all unnoticed by parents, neighbours and the authorities. So yeah, blame people that don't exist. So if you take anything from this, you know, yeah. There's I mean, there's a lot about the satanic panic in the the 80s and and uh, the 80s and 90s. I mean, I I went into it a bit with the um, uh, unsolved mysteries episode yeah. that we had, and I think I, I touched on it pretty well there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got some things to say on it, but do you want to do you want to breathe that out for a minute? Yes, please. All right. All right. One, 
two, three. Oh, honey. Yeah. It's heavy. It's heavy. Well, it's, it's heavy because it's so fucking infuriating and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in particular, this was not even the only case of, I mean, there are so many cases of childcare centers that came under fire for, um, satanic ritual abuse of children. Yeah. And a lot of people think that it, it came from, because in the 80s is when you first started really seeing the dual income households. So more and more children were in daycares where they, they just weren't so much before. Um, and you have that fear of these strangers taking care of your children. Couple that with, yeah, the the rise of um, uh, satanic churches, the, the Church of Satan um, actually sort of becoming a legitimate thing. In, in um, 1972, like I mentioned in, in the uh, Unsolved Mysteries episode, 1972, this douchebag Mike Warnke uh, published a book called The Satan Seller, and where where he talks about how he went from being uh, like he was he was a, adopted and he he became a Satanist and engaged in all kinds of terrible satanic rape and and uh, rituals and and evil shit and then he found god and then the tv evangelicals were just like he's our hero tell us everything about satan um and and how we can avoid becoming satanists and what to look for in our children and shit like that um yeah just the whole satanic panic thing really really took off there was this other case that i was looking into for about um francis and dan keller who were supposed to have committed while running a daycare center out of their home in Texas. They were drowning and dismembering babies in front of the children, killing dogs and cats in front of the children, transporting the children to Mexico to be sexually abused by soldiers in the Mexican army, and then brought back and dressed up as if nothing had happened when the parents would come back. Um, Dressing as pumpkins and shooting children in the arms and legs, putting the children into a pool with sharks that ate babies, putting blood into the children's Kool-Aid, cutting the arm off of a gorilla at a local park, and exhuming bodies at a cemetery and forcing the children to carry the bones. All of this is completely batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. We look back on the witch trials with this air of arrogance about us, like, oh, it's so ridiculous that they would believe all those things, which is exactly why I wanted to bring this case up and exactly why I'm glad you brought that one up because I haven't even heard that one. That is the perfect example of how preposterous and absurd things people will believe if they are, because people are still pretty fundamentally stupid. (laughs) And this case gets worse. Because this happened in 1992, all right? The Kellers were convicted of sexual assault on a child and sentenced to 48 years each in prison. The investigation itself took slightly more than a year, and the trial took only six days. They spent 21 years in prison, and they were only released um, in, like, 2015. I feel sick. Yeah fucking awful they were convicted of all that crazy shit on what evidence um Testimony? not much I, I i admittedly i didn't go too terribly deep into it but um yeah it was it was just one of those things where i was just like i'm just i'm just gonna throw this at you because it's batshit fucking yeah, crazy that is batshit crazy check it out i mean if you want to get real angry 
and uh, at humans. Uh, it, it's the case of Francis and Dan Keller, and it is it is a fucked up little piece. Do you know I went to write that down and then I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough shit to do. Yeah. To get angry about. If if you want to know a little bit more about the Satanic Panic, I, I, like I said, I think I, I went into it pretty good at the um, Unsolved Mysteries episode. I would suggest go checking that out if you haven't already. This particular um, case that I talked about affected me so much. I think because there's over 400 children involved. That's crazy. So at one point in another, at one point or another, over 400 children where it was suggested to them that they were sexually abused, and the the actual um, the fact that none of the people that 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 did this to these people that that actually knowingly lied and manipulated evidence. None of them have ever seen any kind of justice at all. Yeah. That key woman, she's still practicing. The doctor that helped back up her testimony is still practicing. The lawyers involved, the prosecutors are still active. That nobody has been held accountable for the complete and utter shambles. And I'm sorry, I'm getting, but literally nobody, nobody, nobody is being held responsible for their actions. And meanwhile, over like around 400 children have been were were abused but by the legal system yeah and they were they were forced to not only um say that these things happen but when you're a small kid it's so easy to believe that that might be true and that maybe you just didn't remember it there or are maybe... many quotes of the, ch- the, the children now grown yeah of, of of how they feel and i didn't want to bring them up because they will break your heart so if people are so inclined, you can go and seek them out. They're not hard to find. There's loads of books on it. Yeah. There's a lot of regret going on in these kids and a lot of damage. Yeah. So. But I'm, 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 so I'm mildly obsessed with the satanic panic just because it's just such horse shit. Um, but it, I mean, and, and it, but it's, it's such a, it's such a perfect example of a modern day witch hunt. You know what I mean? It's just, it's awful. But one of the more amusing things to come out of the satanic panic is the villainization of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. It always, it's so good. Um, yeah, there was just this belief that you could find signs of potential satanic behavior in things as simple as Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. So I just want to get into this little tidbit, and then I want to tell you about actual Satanists because they're actually really quite pleasant for the most part. But this part, this thing makes me laugh, so I want to talk about it because I feel like it's a good, lighthearted jab, ish, ish, ish. So bad, also known as B A D D, bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> It is an advocacy group that was dedicated to the regulation of role-playing games such as Dungeons & Dragons. A woman named Patricia Pulling formed BAD after her son Irving committed suicide by shooting himself in the chest in Mm. 1982. Irving was active in role-playing games, and she believed his suicide was directly related to the Dungeons & Dragons game. The grieving mother first filed a wrongful death lawsuit against her son's high school principal, holding him responsible for what she claimed was a D&D curse placed upon her son's character shortly before his death. She also 
uh, filed suit against uh, TSR Inc., which is our D&D's publishers. It's really hard to, like, um, mock a mourning mother, isn't oh, it? So yeah. We, we yeah. say this uh, uh, with, with, a, with, with, with an empathetic heart. Yes. I, I, but I it is absurd. It's, it's terrible what happened to her son. It's terrible what happened to her. But you're blaming D&D, lady. Mm. Like, but, but that was just because nobody understood it. To be fair, D&D, D&D is a weird-ass game. And if you don't know what you're doing, if you're just watching somebody play Dungeons & Dragons, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't understand what you're doing. It's hard to grasp sometimes. Is it, though? It is to me. I mean, <laughs> when, I first, when I first started, I was just like, I don't understand how this works. It took me like a year to actually understand how to play the game that I was actively playing. No, no, that's fine. But it's so clearly fantasy. And it's oh, so yeah. clearly like, it's it's just basically a video game that you play out in your mind instead of on a screen. I don't know. But people play video games as well. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We're shooting and killing people, apparently. <sighs> <sighs> Uh, so Poling founded the public advocacy, keep, advocacy group Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons in 1983 after all of her lawsuits were dismissed. And she began publishing information circulating her belief that D&D encouraged devil worship and suicide. Bad described D&D as, quote, a fantasy role-playing game which uses demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassination, insanity, sex perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic-type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, satanism, sadism, desecration, demon summoning, necromantics, divine, and other teachings. Well, that's true. Well, yeah, I mean, she's not totally wrong. She's not wrong. wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you put it that way. But what's what's really bothersome about this is that she actually obtained a private investigator's license and became a consultant to law enforcement. Oh, God. Uh, she was also an expert witness in several gaming-related lawsuits, all of which lost in court. Um, and she became a director of the National Coalition of TV Violence in 1984. Okay. Yeah, it just kind of blows when when we demonize when we demonize shit. I mean, I roll my eyes simply because I don't agree, and I'm 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 acknowledging the fact that I'm rolling my eyes simply because I don't agree. But yeah. to people that are on the opposite side of the sort of like political spectrum as me, can you please recognize that that's ridiculous? Yeah, right. Just, I'm not please. asking you to agree on all things, but can we no. just agree that D and D doesn't make you want to worship the devil and kill yourself or others? Yeah. I mean, if you've ever witnessed, it just need to take everybody to to watch a typical D and D game, and then they'll go, "Oh, maybe not." <laughs> oh, they're just they're just stoned and and uh, killing orcs and and what? They're ridiculous. And they're sp- they're 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 rolling these strange die that I thought were um, occult symbols, but really they're just overly complicated ways of um creating scores it's so, good. It's good. <sighs> so do you want to know about the actual satanic churches yes i would like to hear what you have to say i did actually read up a little bit about satanists and in a nutshell they're kind of like um nihilist and they're quite <laughs> selfish people so if you're familiar with like Anne rand type philosophies like self-serving and um you know 
don't be a martyr because that's fucking stupid and you know kind of do things for yourself indulge in the seven deadly sins because they, they were created so that you wouldn't feel good and and satan wants you to feel good so go ahead and do it but it's very much as a sort of like a self-serving religion which mm-hmm. um which you know is basically what i gleaned from it, it that doesn't make it bad it just yeah. makes it um you know well, I, if in a way realistic, yeah. So, so everyone's quite self-serving, but I'd like to know sort of like the history and stuff if you want to go into that. And well, um, so like I said, the the there are a few different kinds of Satanism. I'd say probably the oldest is Luciferianism, um, which is a theistic uh, Satanist group, and and it's actually not even a group; it's a umbrella term for a few different satanist philosophies that the or religions that come under underneath it um it doesn't worship satan as the devil nor as an archetype the way that the church of satan does their philosophy is based more on the christian interpretation of lucifer as a fallen angel he is more revered as a liberator a guardian or guiding spirit or even the true god as opposed to jehovah um luciferianism can be traced back quite a ways as it's mentioned in writings from like 1231 in which woman uh, expressed sadness for the fall of Lucifer, but a lot of some of the older stories about it do sort of fall under the sort of witch hunt thing. They're, they're writings of people, um, writings about people claiming to empathize with Lucifer and thusly should be tried as witches or as uh, devil worshippers. Mm-hmm. It's not a specific church. Um, they believe that Lucifer, the fallen angel, as a being of light, hope, and freedom, should be in charge of heaven. Many Luciferians are considered to be more Gnostic than anything. If you don't know what Gnostic means, it basically in a nutshell is that there may or may not be a god. It's not bad to believe in one, but it is bad to assume that this unknowable god will fix everything for you. Gnostic is like Gnosis, which is like knowledge. Uh, Luciferians generally support the protection of the natural world. Both the arts and sciences are crucial to human development, and thus both are cherished. Luciferians think that humans should be focused on this life and how to make the most of it every single day. The ability to recognize both good and evil, to accept all actions have both positive and negative consequences, and to actively influence one's environment is a key factor. The Satanism that I enjoy, I mean, I'm not a Satanist, at all but after reading about it i i i got no hate for it is levian um or levian uh satanism the church of satan was started in 1966 in san francisco by anton levay it's actually a wonderful ideology to them satan is not about the fallen angel turned ruler of hell but it means they they focus on the literal meaning um of it's i think it's like a hebrew translation which is adversary The church views Satan as a positive archetype who represents pride, individualism, and enlightenment, and as a symbol of defiance against the Abrahamic faiths which LeVay criticized for what he saw as the suppression of humanity's natural instincts. Um, There are seven tenets to the church of Satan. One, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Two, the struggles for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. If you see bad shit happening, fight to make it better. One's body, uh, three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Only you are in charge of what you do. 
Four, the freedom of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to freedoms of another is to forego one's own. So you can be a dick, but you don't have to expect that people will like you for being a dick or um, accept that you're being a dick. And you have to accept that other people can be dicks too. Exactly. Five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's belief. Six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may have been caused. And seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. That's funny because those are great, by the way. Right. Rules to live by um, in general. But things that I read said that Satanists believe that you should be self-serving, not compassionate. It's different sects. I mean, there are hundreds of different religions that fall under the Satanist umbrella. Fair. Like Temple of Temple of Set, they're a bit more self-serving. They they worship. Uh, this was actually founded in 1975 by Michael Aquino, who who was once a high-ranking member of the uh, of uh, LeVay's Church of Satan. But he was dissatisfied with the way direction that LeVay took it because. LeVay's Satanism is a lot more about, you know, take responsibility, fight for what's right, uh, learn learn some shit and, and be better for it. Whereas I think this guy, he wanted a bit more of the, the Satan worship. Yeah. So he embarked on a ritual to invoke Satan and he revealed, it was revealed to him a sacred text called the Book of Coming Forth by Night. According to Aquino, in this work, Satan revealed his true name to be that of the deity Set, uh, which is like the Egyptian god of war, chaos, and storms, with sort of like an aardvark-type face. <laughs> he was joined in his temple by a number of other dissatisfied members from LeVay's church, and they were established all across the United States. They consider their faith Setianism rather than Satanism. Setians believe that Set is the one real god and that has been aided... Uh, that he has aided humanity by giving them a questioning intellect, the black flame, which distinguishes them from other animal species. Uh, so they they do ritual, they do summoning. They're they're a lot more black magic oriented, and even they're they say black culty. magic. They're a bit more culty. And the, yeah, there's there's a lot of them. There's you also have the uh, ONA, which is the shit. What was the name of that church? It was fucking weird and i didn't want to get into it because it was a lot it was like order of the nine angles okay and that one's a big deal and i do want to look into it on my own time when i'm not trying to cram a bunch of information into my notes they have ties to like um well they're suspected to have ties there are similarities and certain certain what's the fucking word Similar paths, yeah. Pa thank you, God, Jesus. Parallels and similar paths to like neo-Nazi idealism. Mm -hmm. They're not so great. There's also people that accuse Masons of possibly being satanic. Well, what's interesting about that, and that was something I was going to bring up, is the uh, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And I think they're the reason that a lot of people think that three Freemasons are so closely, or it's easy to closely associate them with Satanists. 
they are not Satanists. Uh, even the Hermetic of the Golden Dawn are not Satanists. They're they're definitely a cult, but they're not occult. O c c u l t, not a cult. It's a secret society devoted to the study and practice of the occult, metaphysics, and paranormal activities during the 19th and early 20th centuries. Known as a magical order, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was active in Great Britain and focused its practices in theurgy, which is like white magic using supernatural divine energy to affect human affairs. There are many modern-day practices like Wicca that are inspired by Golden Dawn, but it was founded by Freemasons. Yeah, and uh, so that's, I think, where a lot of people make that sort of jump. I don't know. I think it has something to do with the way that the Freemasons are as well. Yeah. <laughs> they are fucking they just, weird. They sound spooky as shit. And they yeah. do have, like, weird shit. Like, they really do have, like, symbols. And I mean, um, there's a Mason's Lodge in my town. There's Mason's Lodges all over. I think that Masons are a bit more of a thing where I am than maybe where you are. Oh, no, we got a lot of them. All right. Okay. Fair enough. But it just, um, uh, they do, they don't, they don't sort of help their own case, but they're a secret group. But they're so, a secret group. So whatever. It doesn't matter. From, from what I know, it's mainly like just a dude's club, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that and that's the rituals, like yeah, traditions. Dude, but... dude rituals, bro rituals. There was one I was reading about that was, it has like a disputed um, time of origin, like some, like it's possible that it was started in the 30s, but it's also possible that it was started later in like the 50s or 60s. Yeah. That was like kind of Wicca-ish as well, um, that seemed pretty cool, and they were all about the sex, um, and like getting empowered from sex, and it, it sounded pretty fun because uh, like I think that something we've been avoiding talking about is the sex aspect yeah. of Satanism um, and it is kind of a thing it is true that there are some sects of Satanism that that do promote um, sexual liberty no they do. I'm not I'm not talking about like abuse and creepy stuff and whatever they're talking about consensual uh, sexual Orgies. liberation yeah. yeah orgies but everyone has to be in on it everyone has it's their kink it's their thing yes. that's what they like and they want them to enjoy it that there's no uh, limit on what you can experience sexually as long as it doesn't hurt anyone and that everybody is or exactly. if it is hurting someone they want to be hurt that it yeah, is yeah. sensual consent is a huge huge thing and and much like with Wicca and, and other pagan practices, do what they will and harm none. If nobody's yeah. getting hurt, fucking do it. My mom used to say, because she was raised um, Catholic, and, uh, you know, she, she got into the adult entertainment industry, and it was just kind of like a big jump. And she was like, sex is fun. Sex is supposed to... Why would God make sex a bad thing if he made it feel so good? The argument is that God didn't make it nice, is that... Um, it was when we were cast from the Garden of Eden that Satan introduced those earthly delights well, to us. Satan. I like it. So that's I why like Satanists do like it. Exactly, because it is his fault. Mm-hmm. It was his gift, if you will, to give humans the earthly delights, to give them the pleasures of life. Thank you, um, Satan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that the whole thing about Christians and other Christian-based 
you know, religions is you have to fight those temptations and that is your test mm-hmm. of being a good Christian or, or you know, whatever denomination denomina. <laughs> denomina. that you are is that you are strong of soul and faith and, you know, you can rise above those temptations whereas, like, Satanism is like, no, have fun, enjoy yourself now. Do the Indulge. pretty things. Yeah. Do the nice thing. Do the pretty things. Um, well, for all eternity, you will burn in hell, as far as the Christians are concerned. You know, Christians, Christians are concerned, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, who's to say we're not already in hell? Oh. I, I think that's a, a running theory on a lot of people. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Um, I did want to bring up the Satanic Temple real quick. Okay. They are they are different than the Church of Satan. Um, mainly because they were founded in 2013. I yeah, think. I was gonna say these the new group that yeah. just recently sued Sabrina, the teenage yeah. witch. <laughs> Did they sue Sabrina? I didn't read that. I, I think so because of the statue. Oh, that's right. Uh, no, I think the Church of Satan were that the ones. Church that, of Satan. Okay. I think so. Um, so the Satanic tape, Temple. Exact same tenets as the Church of Satan. They're basically like the Church of Satan 2.0, but there's like a running feud between them. Okay. Um, because the Satanic Temple was founded uh, during the <laughs> Bush administration. Sorry. So um, this was founded during the Bush administration. Uh, it was inspired by Bush's formation of the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Um, and they thought they had to do something to counter it. So they made sure that they fit every single qualification to uh, be a legitimate religion. So the war between the Levians and uh, the Levians and the temple is all about the show and not the heart of Satanism. Uh, Levians, Levians think that the temple is all about the show and not the heart of Satanism, whereas the temple sees the church as lazy for not taking the actions necessary politically or otherwise to really fight for justice the way that the tenants say. So the satanic temple, man, they are in it. They are fighting some really actually incredible fights they, uh, the mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense and justice, and be directed by the human conscious to undertake noble pursuits guided by the individual will. They are politically aware, civil-minded, and allies to the Satanic uh, allies in the Satanic Temple have publicly opposed Westboro. Uh, Westboro Baptist Church. They advocate on behalf of children in public school to abolish corporal punishment. They've applied for equal representation where religious monuments are placed on public property. They've provided religious exemption and legal protection against laws that unscientifically restrict women's reproductive autonomy. They uh, have a whole fucking order just dedicated to debunking uh, pseudoscientific practitioners and claims on mental health care. Uh, they hold clubs alongside other religious school clubs uh, in proselytizing organizations. Um, so like if, if Christian groups or Catholic groups or, or something like that come to a school and they're handing out pamphlets about Jesus or God, uh, Satanists will come there with like coloring books about Satanism <laughs> and do the same thing. I love them. They, they, if there's, I think they had a really big thing with a bunch of protesters outside of a Planned Parenthood. And so the Satanists went and were all like, yeah, 
yeah, we're against you guys. I just sort of like did it a counter protest to them. And it was just really, I love them. I have a lot of love for this satanic temple. No, sometimes they do dick moves, but all of it, none of it is to hurt anybody. It's all about either sort of like throwing somebody's bad shit back at them, mm. you know, or just kind of like comically uh, uh, mocking the opposing thing that they're fighting. I love them. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple. God, there's, there was a lot of stuff. There was one thing. Shit, I just remembered. Oh, I, I found a really interesting thing I wanted to research, and I totally forgot, because at two in the morning, I kind of started pooping out. Mm-hmm. But there was a thought that the Knights Templar were Satanists. That's so, ironic. Yeah, some people believed that the Knights Templar were Satanists because... Um, was it? They believed that they worshipped Baphomet, which they believed was also just a bastardization of Mohammed, so that the Knights Templar may actually have been Muslim, disguised as Satanists, disguised as the Guardians of Christ. Yeah, (laughs) I really wanted to look into it. Right, note them down because conspiracy theories are on the list, so you cool. can always like do do that as your conspiracy theory. Uh, maybe because it sounded like fun. If I, it sounded like a fun rabbit hole I wanted to go down, and I, I didn't. And what a rabbit hole that will have been! No, right? I wouldn't have gotten all this fun other information if I had done that though. I have a little one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what? does um scientology um jpl and occult sorcery have in common oh no lay it on me a satanic cult yay so jack parsons was well known for developing a solid rocket fuel and for co-founding the jet propulsion laboratory jpl um is he basically ran a cult out of his California mansion, and members of the cult included L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> um, apparently, they danced half naked around bonfires. Um, this was like before the summer of '69 as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this particular satanic group, satanic group was not the subject of worse rumors because Parsons and Hubbard themselves documented their rituals. And police reports from the neighbors describe public ceremonies. So they would <laughs> do shit and the neighbors would call the cops on them. It's all public knowledge. Nice. Uh, the group actively practiced sex magic and eventually got so extreme that Alistair Crowley chastised them. So this was all in Pasadena, by the way. <laughs> Man, California. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, you know, if he's the like co-founder of JPL, which is in Pasadena... So, uh-huh. yeah. So the the co-founder of the propulsion laboratory that sends shit to space <laughs> is in a sex magic satanic cult that Alistair yeah. Crowley was like, nope. <laughs> Too much, guys. Too it's much. a bit OTT. <laughs> it's the idea of L. Ron Hubbard dancing around a bonfire naked, like half naked. Yeah. I didn't go too much into it. I just I found that just like little snippet just to make myself feel better after I'd done all that research on child abuse. So that's literally I, I like didn't want to look into it further in case it was bad stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was just your palate cleanser. Exactly. This is just the funny on the top bit. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those. I was a, uh, you know, I was washing dishes last night, and I'm all, you know, I'm just gonna watch some videos on YouTube about Satanism. And there was this one video of this girl who is a Satanist, is just sort of giving you like throwing down some facts about Satanism, and a lot of them are just like. He dropped out of high school at 16. Uh, Anton LaVey is who she's talking about, mm. uh, the founder of the Church of Satan in 1966. He, he dropped out of high school when he was 16, and he became the second oboe for the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra. And then when he was done with that, he joined a circus and became a lion tamer. And, you know, all these are things that he's said. But he's popped out so many lies <laughs> yeah since he sounds like a pathological liar and, but he even says that in one of his books he was in quote saying like i lie all the time it's almost impossible possible for me to stop lying at this point and it was but it was it was just really interesting because at first i'm all like oh cool man i didn't know he was a lion tamer dude dope and then i i looked into it again at like one o'clock in the morning and i'm all ah. All of the fun things were lies. <laughs> and also, you need to have a one, make a one-time payment of $225 to be in the Church of Satan. Whereas the Temple of Satan, you don't need to make any sort of uh, payments. But as I understand it, if you're in the Temple of Satan, in order to stay in the Temple of Satan, you have to, like, do shit. Like, you have to be an active member, as far as I understand it, right? Um, You... You can't like you have to you have to go to meetings and you have to be a part of it. You have to have discussions and you have to do it. You can't just like join the temple and then just like sit at home like on on your own. You actually like have to be active. Yeah, yeah. I mean like yeah. I think you have to register with them and that's really about it. They just want to make sure that you're yeah, you're you're engaged in it. They don't want yeah. they don't want people just taking like a membership card and kinda kind of uh saying, And I'm a Satanist and just kind of using that as a way to impress people. They want you to actually be engaged in it. Plus, it's a recognized religion now, so you mm-hmm. can get certain benefits from having that declared as your religion. Not benefits, that's the wrong word, but you can sort of manipulate certain things in order to like get days off work and shit like that because of religious reasons. Yeah. So you have to be really careful. Um, I just think it's funny that it's like you could like say... I can't do that because I'm a Satanist and now it's legal and you have to be legally recognized as mm-hmm. such. Yeah, they got their tax exempt. They finally became uh, IRS tax exempt uh, in 2017, I think. That's probably, probably one of the newest religions. Yes. Yeah. And it's really, you know, it's it's really working for them. <laughs> I personally subscribe to the humanist sort of yeah. ideas of things which actually parallels that sort of satanist those those is it six or seven rules or whatever that you went through seven before seven tenets seven tenets which is funny because it should be six because six is the mark of the devil the mystery yeah. there. yeah well uh, and, and all of the the symbols that they use they use out of pure irony like none yeah. of it is is to actually do this dark magic it's all pure fucking irony because yeah, like, God, like the devil is six and um, 
is it man is seven or god is seven i don't remember i'm basing it off a of pixie's song and the devil is six the devil is six, the devil is, <laughs> and if the devil is six then god is seven then yeah god is seven. yeah <laughs> This monkey's gone to heaven. Oh, I better stop singing it or we'll have to pay copyright. <laughs> yeah, right? Knock it off. I'm just so good. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I meant to look into the whole 666 thing. I, I I remember when I was younger hearing that, you know, three was God's number because of the uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Trinity, yeah. The Holy Trinity and the... the Three threes was a symbol of God, and so yeah, yeah, and six mocks the Trinity, basically. Yeah, yeah no, um, it, it's it's all sort of um theology and stuff, and we could get into that if we wanted to do like biblical theology and, and shit like that. But oh my God, that is really that's um, a lot. That's a hell of a lot, literally, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it makes my head throb. Um, it's really interesting. Um, but, like, right I mix shit up at the best of times and they don't make it very easy to follow along. <laughs> yeah, and a whole lot of it is like numbers. There are so many numbers. It just, my brain just kind of goes, huh? Numbers and names. There's yeah. names. There's names upon names upon names upon names. And like someone will be mentioned for one sentence and they'll be really important, but they won't be mentioned again. I just kept, you know. <laughs> structured narrative <laughs> please please just tell me the story i just want to know the story <laughs> uh, I, I just want to throw this this out there real quick i really want to make sure that everybody knows i'm not trying to make fun of christians i'm not trying to poop on anybody else's faith uh, if at any point it feels like we're sort of uh shitting on on christians mainly it's evangelical christians <laughs> then them i don't feel so bad about shitting on uh but everyone else i i really i totally respect your faith it's just when you start manipulating people and um doing legitimate harm then you're doing it wrong yeah i just don't think people should be dicks essentially but yeah. um yeah i i i i mirror that sentiment although i will go on record and say that um, some of you fucking deserve it because you're shit people. But anyway. Yeah, but that comes down to people being shitty. Yeah, people, not your religion. No. Yeah, well, just like you, you, you have a shitty religion because you're a, you're a shitty person. But um, most people that are going to be listening to this Melanie are going to they're our choir essentially. Yeah, but yeah. I know. But I mean, like, like my my sister's Christian, and I absolutely love and respect her faith, and and I do not want anybody thinking that I. I'm disres- I'm not intentionally disrespecting anybody's faith here. I, I think it's really important. I think it's beautiful stuff. Just don't be a dick. Yeah, it's it's it comes down to um, uh, like I think exactly what you said that we we definitely believe in like live and let live and just be nice and be compassionate and be and those are Christian values and that's absolutely fine and like. I like it too. It's just that exactly what you said is evangelical Christians. It's fundamentalist Christians. It's the yeah. people part of the what is it called the the new something or other movement. Like, um, I think that they just need to check themselves. Maybe. Yeah, just maybe realize what it is they're believing and what it is they're practicing, and try yeah. and get them to coincide better. <laughs> um. That kind of leads me into my quote, even though it's a bit early. 
um, it's just perfect for me to put my quote in this slot. Do it. Um, and it is by a gothic fantasy um, artist, illustrator, and author called Brom. Uh, Men who fear demons see demons everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think you manifest what you fear in the same way that you can manifest what you love. So Mm -hmm. building on your sort of ideas from last week, Melanie, people go around accusing people of, you know, nasty shit and being nasty and looking for things things that divide us rather than unite us you're gonna basically create those things for yourself and isolate yourself from other people I mean I'm very sort of flippantly sometimes kind of speak before I think but for the most part if you're in front of me and you're a good person that I'm not gonna judge you on anything um, as long as you're a good person and you're not a shitty person and I know lots of shitty people and I know lots of really nice people. It's just life, really. That's so, humans. That's just humans. humans, yeah. But just remember that if you're looking for enemies, you'll find them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So even though we did it a bit early, I, it, it just seemed to fit. So do you want to go into like sort of uh, the end of the, the podcast social medias? Absolutely. So... If you have any questions, if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, if you want to call us out on our BS, you want to tell me about Satanism. Are you a Satanist? Tell me what that's like. I'm curious. I'm sure Danielle is too. Yes, please. Yeah. So if you're interested or blah, blah, all of the blah, blah, hit us up on our social medias such as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Zombie Fishbowl or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. We're easy enough to find. Mm-hmm. Also, you can send us uh, topic suggestions if you have any of your own stories that sort of reflect anything that we've talked about in this episode and episodes previously, hit us up at our email, zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Apple Podcasts, so please subscribe, leave us some stars, say some pretty words. We super appreciate it. Yeah, and like we said at the beginning of the podcast, next week's episode will be on the origins of Halloween. So, yeah, because I've been so serious this week, I have told Melanie that I'm literally going to show up with a storybook and I'm going to tell you guys some English folklore because I need a little bit of a rest from the serious. And I think that when Halloween is coming up, we like a good story. Yeah. Yeah, so that pretty much brings us to the end of the, if you can believe it, 18th episode of Zombie Fishbowl. Yeah, how nuts is that? We've just been going, huh? Yep. Zombie Fishbowl just turned 18. It's legal now, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Hot. So, as always, I'm just going to remind Melanie, now more than ever, remember, don't panic. didn't work i tried (laughs) see you next week bye